This is the BYO Brand Podcast, the creative incubator and branding launchpad for brazen entrepreneurs. Fearless enough to blow that damn proverbial box up. If that's you, welcome to the virtual space where you can learn how to make your mark. It's like the blueprints to turn your business into a brand and your brand into an icon. So tune in, turn it up, and step up to the virtual soapbox hosted by yours truly, me, Hannah Laham, and let's start a digital riot. And we're back and live at the BYO Brand Podcast. A massive thank you to my badass nation for your support, love, and understanding during this period. I mean... There were so many emails and DMs. It was a really bright light in a hard place. 2020 had yet another rippling life fail for me. My 20-year-old cousin passed away, so I did take a little bit of time away from the podcast, but I'm back in action. And if you're here for the first time, welcome to the front lines of branding. Go forth, click subscribe. Please leave a review and pay homage to the SEO gods, telling me and the whole world what you think. And I would be eternally grateful for that. One last bit of housekeeping. This episode, guys, marks the day we begin initiating phase two of BYO Brand's diabolical plan for world domination. I do plan on telling you guys all about it in the coming weeks, but first I got to get it together. And today we're going to kick it off with a live answer to one of the questions you sent in to shout out at BYOBrandPodcast.com. Here's a letter from M. Schultz. He or she, one of them, he or she, asked, COVID forced me out of a job I loved. Employment for what I do is scarce where I'm at. Thank you, COVID. (laughs) About three months ago, I decided I would either have to move or employ myself. This year has made me realize that my job can be taken away no matter how good I am. So I'm selling my services online. Month one was tight. Month two was better. And this month, I'm just trying to decide how to position myself in the marketplace. This podcast has really put me in a bind. At first, I wanted a logo and letterhead. Now, I think I need to do it right from the get-go, but I don't know what kind of brand I am or even should be. So, am I a personal brand or a brand brand? First off, M. Schultz, let me start by saying how sorry I am about your job. That's really shitty. I am, however, freaking proud of you for taking matters into your own hands. And if you're doing well by month three, I think you're going to be just fine. That's impressive. By the way, that's a solid question, and I really do plan on doing an entire episode on that one day. So without knowing all the facts, such as your industry and your particular vision for expansion in the future, I can't give you an answer I'd like stake my life on. But what I will say is this. Business owners, especially those of us purveying services requiring the specific skills and insight locked in our heads from years of experience, we just can't go wrong by developing a personal brand and company brand. So both of them. And there's only a couple of instances that I can immediately think up, which I would say otherwise to that, like possibly taxes. By having the two fronts, you're going to up your SEO game. And the chances that someone's going to be able to find you, you're going to establish yourself as an authority, which naturally is going to bolster your business. It adds a competitive advantage because you are irreplaceable and no one can replicate you, which makes you more attractive in case you decide to re-enter the ranks of the corporate workforce. And last, it's going to give you an additional outlet to boost your social network. 
Look, you can literally take your audience engagements to the bank nowadays. Not all banks, but they're warming up to the idea, and there are some, and that's impressive. So double the accounts is going to give you double the leverage, and that is a win in my book. <laughs> M. Schultz, if that doesn't help, please write back with your specific situation, and we're going to get to the bottom of this in our inboxes. For everybody else, if you need help in branding, entrepreneurship, or freelancing, and you need like the professional kind of help, this is the professional kind of podcast with pirate language. You can write to shout out at byobrandpodcast.com and you're going to get an on-air answer from yours truly. All right, guys, let's take this party to a perfect world. In a perfect world. We all have our version of what would come next in a sentence like that, especially in regards to our business. The world would suddenly hear my name and run to my sights, thrusting me into the limelight of the virtual realm. You get the idea. Day in and day out, we all see the efficiency edits that would make our jobs and lives oh so much better, if only it were that perfect world. How the world perceives your company, that starts with you. But once you let that branding fly, folks, Audiences take matters into their own minds, forming opinions about who they think you are. Oh, and rest assured, it will be shared with friends. I'm sure you can see the inherent hazard. (laughs) A damn good brand guides the ideal customer through a premeditated experience, and it's going to guarantee that the impression they leave with represents you as you are. And it does all that in 8 to 12 seconds because that is the average attention span. No pressure. So what do we as business owners do in this scenario? We take the plunge into the search bars of cyberspace looking for a way to do it despite the amount of bull we're unintentionally going to find. How is it that we are supposed to teach ourselves what we need to know and avoid the rubbish? Then... Overhaul your business while manning it, fronting it, operating it, paying for it, besides all the other things that you run around doing all day. Consider, you already have an occupation as a boss. Branding your own company can feel less like the cherry on top and more like that hair that broke the camel's back. I have my In a Perfect World Scenario Branding Edition. Because when you brand enough companies and you're going to start to fantasize about what you would do if a client one day waltzes up to you and hands creative liberty over on a platter, a silver one, (laughs) today I'm going to dish it up and serve it to you year by year, how to brand your business in the first 10 years if it were that perfect world. And because 10 years is just a whole heap of time, you guys can head to byobrandpodcast.com backslash 10 dash year to download the entire list because writing it all down would suck. We all have a chuckle at the basic bitch because we're oh so adult and believe that they should be further on their path than high school antics and like puppies and purses. (laughs) On the flip side, before you can run, you must walk grasshopper. Go is the starting point for all of us. Some of us just stay there a little bit longer than others. If I had to take a stab at it, I'd say a solid portion, possibly 50% of my clients are companies who have been in business for 10 plus years. When they're coming to me, it's not like they're searching for some advanced asset or souped up branding campaign. 
They're coming to me looking for the basics or some variation of, I have an excellent product and team, but it hasn't caught on and we're X numbers of years into this. In the beginning, the average small business owner's attention is on production, operations, bills, all understandable. But branding should be on that list of can't open withouts. Procrastinating it or ixnaying it, it's just prolonging the inevitable. The sad, sad truth is that some cocky competitor is eventually going to materialize with swanky verbiage, a half-assed product, and explosive branding. And your people will flock to the new shiny object like fleas on a stray, leaving you peeved off because you, the expert who did it the right way, knows that Joe Blow newbie over there is piddling. It's true. And it's so sad and it happens all too often. Guys, you know it. Sooner or later, you're going to have to reach out to me or someone like me. A product or service can only go so far. You have to sell something bigger than that. Something that can never go out of style or lose its appeal. Branding, my fellow badasses, is going to do all of that and more. First impressions are everything, especially internally. How you project yourself to your team from day one determines how they'll project that, your brand, to your customers. In my perfect world scenario, I'd advise every organization to follow these next pregame steps before opening for business or hiring even an employee. Here's what you're going to want to do from day one. Number one on the pre-game checklist would be audience research and avatar profiles for your primary audience groups. Number two, brand positioning. That's your brand purpose all the way down to your tones of voice. You can find that in the branding episode number one or in the show notes for that. Um, Number three, visual assets and style guide. So that's all the foundational visuals that you're going to need to get yourself off to the races. Logos, favicons, colors, fonts, visual style guides, um, even your special event and holiday branding too. Oh, and photography. That's a good one. Um, Number four, messaging hierarchy. External values, primary and secondary messaging, basic content and brand guidelines. Depending on the size of your company, you might want to go higher than the basic, but Everybody should at least have a basic guideline. And number five, this one is huge. Initial brand experience. I want you to envision the experience you want your customers to have with you from the first time they ever hear about you to the first sale and then to the next time they're going to encounter you. In between those touch points, how can you serve them your memorable experience? So, for example, do you guys remember Mr. Coffee Fabulous from episode four? That swanky micro-roasting third-wave coffee shop owner is all about the experience. So, a sale from one of his potential customers, if you're looking at the journey, it might look something like this. Friend likes Mr. Coffee Fabulous's Facebook page. Potential customer notices and is super curious. They like the Facebook page too and head straight to the Google business page. Then they call the aforementioned friend to schedule that coffee date. 
coffee date takes place. They grab it to go because errands. Last but not least, they're going to post a picture tagging the coffee shop to ensure that everyone knew how freaking awesome their day and coffee was. Here's where it's going to get crazy. That is nine actions and five direct engagements with his brand. Five, guys, for a single sale. Assuming the roles were reversed, how would your journey currently, or if you're not in business, imagine that journey from the point of view of an outsider? What would each touch point need to demonstrate to get you to commit to the intended action? So the sale. If at even one of those stages, Mr. Coffee delivered like a meh experience or an unbranded one, you can count that sale and the bonus social tag he got. You're out! Because Mr. Coffee doesn't just pull solid shots of espresso with like perfectly timed crema on top, people. That mamma jamma painstakingly thought through every step of the process to ensure that the potential customer converted to a lifelong brand loyalist, who then share the love to their friends, by the way. If we were really looking at how he did that, let's simulate those five engagements. Number one, he had a branded Facebook page with like all the pretty shots, giving people a sense of your vibe, the atmosphere they can expect, the types of customers who go there, and the type of coffee you're going to serve. Also, number two, the brand experience corresponded precisely to the world that you presented on Facebook, thereby guaranteeing that the customer felt like a regular because they recognized the atmosphere, consciously and subconsciously knowing what to expect before ever walking through his doors. Number three, they got a cup with your logo stamped on the sleeve and a baggie for their pastry, also with the name and logo. Number four, the experience was photo-worthy, so now the customer snaps a shot catching the unique artwork in the background, instantly identifying who they visited for their daily caffeine fix. Number five, the table had your insignia. And number six, I know that I said I was going to be five, but like this definitely gets 50 baller points for it. A newbie customer tagged you on social without being asked and the branded SEO link that auto-generated a model photo of your establishment when they tagged you. Bonus! <laughs> Mentally, I want you to review every step that your audience or customers are going to walk through before ever walking in your doors. Imagine Disney or Universal without the full experience. Every Mickey face that you walk on before even entering the doors, right? Would Can you imagine that not being a thing? No! When you're having trouble envisioning the process, just ask yourself, what would Disney do? And if that doesn't put your mind at ease, I meticulously OCD explain everything that we just talked about in the preceding 10 episodes. And better yet, I even break it down more because I am that OCD into expanded article formats at byobrandpodcast.com. And there you get bonus downloads too. I lovingly call it trial and error. In a perfect world, brand work would be a perpetual pursuit. 
Throughout the first year, you and I would remain in constant contact, and at the very least, we'd speak on a quarterly basis to review what's working and what's really not. As the business owner, you're front and center, and if you're anything like me, you just thought you had it all figured out before those doors opened, didn't you? I mean, my business plan had a business plan, and then year one happened. True statement, you just don't know Jack until you face your first year. Opening the doors should signify the birth of your business and most certainly not the discontinuation of your branding. From where I'm sitting, pressing the stop button on your branding right as you're meeting your people is counterintuitive. I would argue that this is when the real work begins. We gonna start the hard stuff. This is my year one checklist. Number one. Your customer journey map. Now this can be an entire episode in and of itself. Long story short, remember those engagements and actions we talked about in the pregame section? Yeah, that, but more intense. The idea is to develop a visual representation of the journey each of you, I mean, so, I'm sorry, <laughs> each of your customer avatars are going to take to reach you. And that example, we started with Facebook, but I want you to take a look at the year's worth of data and analytics you just banked in that first year and look at what it takes for people to get to you. At each touch point, you want to understand what caused them to take the action that brought them closer to you or even farther, really. Knowing means that you can harness that power, steering more people in your direction, serving them with more of what they like. Yeah. That's about the gist of it and as much as I can condense in this short period of time. So do that, you're number one. Number two, expanded brand experience and planned campaigns. That's a big one, but an even bigger one is number three. Reinforce and extend your brand presence physically and digitally. So what platforms are you currently on? Do they represent you and the experience you want to deliver? If not, get on it and fix it. If it does, well done, but it's time to level up because you're at the end of year one. <laughs> Add more ways to reach your customers on a daily basis. Again, a million ideas here, but let's say you're Mr. Coffee Fabulous. He's a real person, by the way. He's one of my clients. I just, you know, anonymous. So when Mr. Coffee and I met up at his shop at the end of year one, we really stuck to the hours, peak and pathetic hours of the day, sales-wise. How could we get people excited about coming at the times they ordinarily didn't come? Emails, but no. Emails are oppressive and they just don't get read. Texts. Text work. And we both got a text, by the way, within like two seconds of one another. So it felt like the universe was sending us a sign. What we decided to do was throw an online contest for a $500 gift card. To enter, you had to give your phone number and agree to accept text from us. Also. That was how the winner found out if they won or not, was a text message. So, you know, everybody did the text thing. After the contest, we started sending these things we called Monday Motivators at 6.30, usually a really slow time for them. The lag hours before the shop would be busting was any time before 7. People love these freaking texts so much, we had the phones ringing off the hook, even during COVID. Conclusion... 
get the word out in ways that people get stoked. And at year one, you're going to want to reinforce and extend your brand's presence in any way that's applicable in any areas that you see you kind of lagged that first year because you were super busy doing all the things. Number four is data and analytics. I want you to think about the branding that we did before you open your doors and in the beginning of this episode. What was it based on? So first, it was based on your vision, right? Next, it's based on your target audience research and your ideal customer avatar profiles. We did that to discover who would be the most likely person to purchase your product or service. But again, I want to ask you, what concrete facts about your company did we base those branding elements on in the last section? The answer is none. Not really, <laughs> if that makes sense. I mean, sure, we researched data and demographics and analytics. We compared companies just like yours. But that's all an educated and experience-based intuitive answer for the most part, right? I don't care if two companies sell the same damn thing to the same person. They will always be night and day different in some fundamental way. If you aren't, you might want to reconsider your business because that differentiator, friend, is your competitive advantage and the reason people choose you. Other people's numbers are great in the beginning when you lack your own data, but year one, by the end of it, it's time to draw that line in the sand, guys. You want to ixnay their data for yours. Take everything we did in the pregame section and level up. Hone your brand to a fine-tipped point. Take every opportunity to improve your brand and closely align it to what your people are telling you that they want with the sales, right? Sweet baby Christmas Jesus, my mind and my mouth got the better of me again. We are still only on year one. Wow. Okay, this is what we're going to do. We're going to turn this into two parts. So, guys, when you take a step back from the pregame and year one checklist and, like, really mull it over, it's a heavy ask. Like, months worth of work kind of asks. And as business owners, if you have anything, it's like a month hanging around in the closet for a rainy day, right? And in a perfect world scenario, it's just that, an unlikely, unrealistic, best-case sequence of events which can undoubtedly thrust your business into the realm of brand. And in a perfect world scenario says that if you do this, then the desired result is guaranteed. But let me ask you something. How many guarantees have you seen fall through the ass crack of life? Here's one. Go to college. Get a job for the rest of your life that allows for upward mobility with a pension, retirement plan, vacation, and sick days. Of course, the idea of a perfect world where anything is possible is attractive, but perfection isn't plausible, much less possible, right? Plus, why is perfection the goal? The goal should be the provisions that a solid branding offers in the first place. Don't get me wrong. I am OCD and dangerously organized, and that part of me dreams of the day that I can dive down the branding rabbit hole to return years later with gold, because oh my god, the results would be analogous to Harry Potter world being real, and like my letter floating down from the sky, but guys, 
perfection's an illusion because humanity and life. <laughs> Anyhow, I've always imagined perfection to be a bland, soulless world where people couldn't appreciate simplicity or beauty or even gain a true love for anything because we wouldn't know struggle. Hmm, where was I going with that? Oh, well, lost that thought. Good news is that I'm going to be back to pick it up as well as year two through ten next time. Ooh, I got it. I got it. I know my badasses. And you guys, you guys want to dominate and you will. But not if you aim for perfection rather than accepting that you, my friend, run a full-fledged business and are at the very least considering branding your own company. People hire me to do this because it's a whole heap. So while you're waiting for part two to release and you're possibly going through each of the checklist steps that we listed, don't forget to give yourself some grace. Alrighty guys, make some noise in the world. Subscribe and come back to tell us about it in the comments or leave a review because you like me. Until next time, badasses, and I'm out.